Hello and welcome back to the Scooter Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, we got Ty, we got Jameson. And uh, yeah, Jameson, last time we spoke, we were talking about Baker. We were talking about uh, some realignment stuff, but but there uh, was a lot of a lot of stuff that's happened since then, particularly with our beloved Oklahoma Sooners, and in you know being more specific, recruiting. So we wanted to bring you on, give off your takes on that for sure. Um, so you know it, it felt like what, what's been happening the past couple of days has been too seismic to not mention. So we we had to bring you on. So. Um, yeah, um, I, I, with, before we launch into what essentially will just be a big old, big old crude and quarter, uh, any takes on anything, uh, from, from our previous show, uh, recruitment, whatever, just, just quick one since how, how did we do without, without you, uh, keeping the ship steady? Yeah, I listened to a little bit. I liked it. Um, I think that was definitely up your alley. You guys do a lot better with like looking at college football as a whole. I'm more of a micro scope kind of person. So I'm really glad that y'all got that and talked about it. Um, you know, it's a lot of speculation right now, which is great for podcasting. Um, but um, we'll see what actually happens. Um, to be honest with you, how much, how much longer the NCAA is going to last. Um, I thought it was going to be, you know, five, 10 years. It probably be much less than that now. Yeah. It's uh, not looking great. Not looking great. Um, by the way, Ty, I found something really that um, I can't remember the name of the website. Uh, it is uh, Extra Points. They have created a stupid conference realignment rumor uh, generator, which you basically just hit hit generate, and it just spits out some really great rumor. And I, for one, think that uh, we should just like kind of go with some of these. So what the, the one I found that was the best was, uh, uh, for example, I hear that Washington State is about to join the Big 12, and the Big 12 is mad about it. <laughs> so that seems like something right up your alley. I think he's frozen, or he's just, <laughs> or he's just really, or really, no, just really didn't like it. I must have some uh, issues because you froze on my end. I, Jameson was completely normal, and then you froze, and I didn't hear. I heard Washington, and then it went blank. Oh, unfortunately, he said his his rumor was Washington State. The fake rumor generator said Washington State is going to the Big 12, and the Big 12 is angry about it. Could you think – there's – honestly, in terms of proximity, in terms of the Power Five, and just like, you know, prestige, is there a worse team? Or like, you know, obviously there's a couple of worse teams, but that is up in the worst top three, top five schools I can think of to join the Big 12. West Virginia. Well – no, I, I, see, at least at least West Virginia has natural beauty, and you know our our, our pal of the, our friend of the podcast uh, uh, Stein will would 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 fight us that Washington State is actually beautiful. But the thing about Washington State that people don't realize it's in Pullman, so it's on the dry mm-hmm. side of Washington. So you just have a bunch of, and I know this sounds rich coming from an OU fan, but you just have just wide spaces of nothing. It's it's basically the Lubbock of the of the uh, Northwest. Yeah, that's gross. Not, not there's ideal. A, not there's ideal. deserts up there. I know that. Yeah, deserts are fun, I guess. But all right, enough about that, Jameson. Let's get into it. Um, last I heard, OU recruiting is dead. Uh, the Sooners are a failed program, and Britt Vittables doesn't know how to recruit, unlike you know the great Steve Sarkeesian. Um, but hey, look, you, you pull up twenty four seven right now. The Sooners are sitting at eleventh. What in the world happened? 
Yeah, that's the big thing. We are catching a lot, a lot of flack recently because we weren't recruiting Oklahoma well. And it seems like the guys that we were getting were lower end, you know, three-star commits and really didn't have much clout to them. Um, you know, on the offensive line, it seems like you see that a lot with Bill Beatenbow. Um, a lot of the guys that he gets, he likes their film. And even though they haven't been to a lot of camps and they might be in a smaller area, he's going to offer them because he thinks that he has the tools to do well in his scheme, a scheme that a lot of players, even five stars like Bray Walker, sometimes they can't handle it, even though he's one of the biggest freak athleticism, you know, bodies in college football. Um, he really hasn't grasped onto it, but then there's been a lot of lesser ranked guys um, that do really well. Like Anton Harrison was like, you know, almost a three-star coming out of high school. So you really don't know what to predict with this, but yeah, it's gotten big. So let's just kind of go over uh, who's been like a recent commit of OU and who they are and what this kind of means moving forward and what to expect of Oklahoma in the coming weeks, because we're not over and you can see it all over Twitter with the coaches and then the current commits that there's more to come in this big July movement um, that OU is having. So just right off the bat, um, just with the highest rankings of guys, and we'll kind of go to the lower ranking guys. Um, we got Jaquay's Petaway um, from Houston, Texas, top 50 player, according to 247, wide receiver 5'11". Like he's a speed guy. Runs track. Um, he like ran, you know, a 10, 5, 100 meter and 21 second, 200 meter, like very high end, um, 21.7, 200 meter, like really high end speed. And we were in a battle with him in Texas. And while we were the favorite for him for a long time, I know that I might not be the biggest believer in Arch Manning and his ranking. But whenever you get that kind of clout that goes to Austin, it's really difficult for a wide receiver to go on and choose a new offensive coordinator over, you know, one of the most highest rated quarterbacks of all time in Arch Manning. So that shows you this guy believes in Levy's scheme and he bought into Oklahoma's culture. I mean, I mean, if you, if this was y'all, obviously we're homers at Oklahoma and you just put yourself in your high school's state of mind, how hard would it be to not choose uh, if you're not, if you have a top two and then like, a once-in-a-lifetime generational prospect, according to rankings, is going to Texas to be your quarterback. And to not pick him, I feel like that's a really tough decision. I'll say, I'll say that, no, that's a, that's a, I mean, that's a big-time thing. You know, culture and all that, 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 that kind of drives it. And when you have a momentum, when you have, you know, sort of a Pied Piper effect where, you know, you have one guy really leading the, the way, it's easy for other guys to follow. Look at what uh, Caleb Williams brought to you. And then promptly took away, but um, you know that that effect is real, and you know I, I think that was a very hard thing to say no to. So I think if he's looking at scheme, if he's looking at what what Levy has set up, I think that's uh, that bodes well for OU. Yeah, it comes down our favorite topic, psychology. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> here we go. We have another chance to talk about it, but yeah, it's a that that momentum is. A, a tremendous factor and and you have to you have to understand that things are going to be you know in a lot of cases a, a domino effect like we talked about with with Caleb Williams and and uh everyone else that's uh, you know uh, that's a quarterback being a leader maybe maybe they're not having to do anything and, and that hype is being generated for them but you're seeing you know these these big things happen and people will will follow the uh the big wave 
Yeah, it's it's a big time get. You know, going up in a Red River battle right now, the way that Texas is recruiting, getting him a top 50 player and a wide receiver. And we haven't really, I feel like for the most part, we've been struggling to recruit wide receivers. We haven't gotten a lot of big name guys. In this class, we had Keon Brown, um, six foot three wide receiver out of Tallahassee, Florida. You know, he's a big time, you know, player, but he hasn't been caught on to a lot by the recruiting um, analyst. He came into our camp and picked up his offer and then committed like a week or so after. So um, other than that, that's what we have in this wide receiver class. And a lot of the guys that we had were Malachi Nelson guys. Malachi Nelson, you know, Los Alamitos had, you know, DeAndre Moore and Makai Lemon, and we lose those guys as well. Um, It's been tough. It's been tough to try to recoup this wide receiver class, especially whenever our past class haven't been the strongest. Thank the Lord we got Jaden Gibson at the last second in last class because he's a guy who's been really coming on in camp and people are thinking really highly of and he showed some flashes in that spring game so it's really really big to at least get a slot you know speed wide receiver guy that can play that position because as you know marvin mims is getting first round grades and then you know stoops's eligibility is running out so getting that in the pipe moving forward is a really big get and i think it's probably one of the most um important commits that we got in this class so far um moving on just in terms of highest rankings, um, by some, Caden uh, Green is above PJ, but let's talk about PJ Adebowale, who we just got tonight. Um, both these guys, I was talking Caden Green and him, are Kansas City guys, and but PJ Adebowale, he's an edge, and he is like a top 30 guy, I think, on on3.com um, in terms of recruiting. Top 100 on 247 composite. This is a guy that... You know, is caught on a lot of steam recently, and he's just like completely shooting up recruiting boards. And a lot of people think that he's going to continue to do it on other sites. Um, on three seems to be a little bit ahead of the curve. Um, I think I saw somewhere that he has a near seven foot inch wingspan. And Ooh. if you're like a Thunder fan and you're talking about wingspan and basketball, that's a big topic we've had recently. But for edge like defenders and that kind of wingspan, that is huge. Think a guy with extreme athleticism coming off the edge. And one of the most important things is whenever you've got just a little bit of angle on that tackle, you can put your hand out and swat at the ball at the quarterback. And that's a turnover. It is extremely important to have that kind of wingspan. And it is a great tool. This is a guy that I think we're going to be very, very happy to have in this class. And normally I would think that I'm a little concerned. Could we hold on to this guy? A guy who's starting to get a lot of hype. You know, he's going to end up, you know, being a very high-end four-star commit, you know, possibly even five-star with all the hype he's getting right now. Could we lose this guy? Go read his articles about what he was saying about this OU football program. Um, and what he was saying about Coach Venables, he's really buying into you know how he Coach Venables is as a leader and as a person. He's a strong man of faith, and that's something that PJ was really about. Um, and he's really bought in. He says, "I didn't even think I need to take any more visits because what's the point? Like this is exactly what I want, um, down to the T." Um, I'm you know I'm paraphrasing here, but he is really really talking highly, and I understand he's drinking a little bit of the Kool Aid right after a commit. But that feels really, really damn good. And you can start to see a lot of these strong character kids that are looking for a strong leader. And also kids that are very religious are really gravitating towards our school, even if they aren't from, you know, Oklahoma, Texas area, you know, whether it's from the east, west coast, you know, just a little bit north of Missouri. Um, they're gravitating towards this huge leader that people like to follow in Brent Venables. Yeah, no, it, it, it that that. 
um, strategy seems to be paying off for, you know, that type of kid for sure. And, you know, what, what got me, that's the second big, big recruit out of the state of Missouri as well. So, um, you know, Brent and crew are just cleaning up there, but it's, uh, I mean, look, that's the Todd Bates effect. That's what happens when you, when you have a defensive. So I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to talk, I'm going to just cut you off. It's Chavez. who's his primary recruit. Chavez, right? Chavez, mm-hmm. Chavez. Because Bates is interior defensive lineman. I wanted to make sure I stopped you before you went on to a big Todd Bates. Thanks. I, I forgot about it. Yeah. 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 Chavez or Chavez is, is, is yeah, that's right. Okay. That's right. I, I just was thinking D line. You're right. He is exterior uh, or, or outside um, D line. Of course. Yeah. And you know, let if anyone who sees uh Chavez is uh you know Twitter, Instagram, whatever, that 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 man is uh all about the 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 faith-based uh approach to things for sure. So definitely the right guy to have uh preaching that, no pun intended, preaching that side of things. Um but yeah, no, I I think that's really exciting. Um, you know, having having someone who is just a freak of nature athletically on the on the on the um outside of things, you know, just watching his clips earlier today, poof, that is a that is a hell of a player, hell of a get. Uh, and look, he looked better. He looked better than just a four star. So I, I could definitely see him climbing the ladder. Um, and if you're the type of person who cares about recruiting rankings, uh, that would help boost that. But um, you know, as we uh, as we know, you don't get to, you don't win championships for getting number one in rivals. I, I, unfortunately, the folks in Austin haven't haven't heard that one uh, yet. So they they haven't they all think their trophy is still in the mail from years past. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you still get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Look, the NBA Summer League is vibing out. My guys, the OKC Thunder, they're rolling. Our rookies are popping. You know I'm interested in putting down some money with DraftKings. And of course, best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Just like Chet Holmgren. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TPPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Real quick before you take it again, Jameson, I I do want to point out, this is something we talked about right when we were getting uh, Brent Venables in, in getting any new coach at any program, and the fact that you know, we're still, it, it seems like forever ago that he came in, but we're still at that untested phase where we've yet to, you know, snap the ball in a real game and even longer until we snap the ball in a game with any sort of meaningful competition. So there's not a whole lot to to judge things by, especially with a guy who's never been a head coach before. And in some ways, you know, if someone turns out to be a wash, which, you know, knock on wood, but that's not going to happen with with Brent Venables, but that can be a good thing. But in a lot of other ways, you're, you're sort of an unproven commodity for a kid that's going to come and, and commit potentially the trajectory of, of their entire life and, and their career, certainly within football to how well you can perform as a coach. And the one thing that you can point to and can hang on to 
and can start to put your stamp on and establish right from the start that that people can see is that culture. Like we've been talking about the, from the people that you hire on your coaching staff to the people that you promote and, and sort of emphasize and, and lean on within your locker room, because, you know, sometimes the, the best X's and O's guy or the best, the hardest hitter or whatever else might not be the one that you want leading the locker room culturally in, in some situations. So establishing that culture and then seeing the payoffs already uh, as that culture continues to get established, as people spend longer in the Venable system, it gets sort of battle hardened and proven uh, in games. I'm, I'm super excited about, and I, I love to see that impacting recruiting already. Yeah. If you see recruits buying in to the culture of OU and Brent Venables, that's kind of just a microcosm and a look into the inside of what's going on to the team. The team is seeing Brent Venables and the coaches and you know, Chavis and everyone every single day. And it seems like they're buying in. There's a different culture around this football team than we have with um, Lincoln Riley. But there's high school recruits that are coming in and only meeting them for a couple of days, you know, off phone calls and FaceTimes. And they're buying into the point where they want to commit in July. They haven't seen this guy coach a head, be a head coach at all um, with a completely new coaching staff at OU. And they're ready to shut everything down and not take any more visits to be an Oklahoma Sooner. That's that's why OU recruiting is not dead and to be very excited about because I thought OU recruiting, you know, would be okay. I did worry a little bit about us not getting a couple of the local guys, but it seems like, you know, we'd be okay whenever the season came around and we got to show what we were actually doing and people got to believe in us to say like, OU recruiting isn't, you know, no, we're not falling off. They're actually a pretty good team this year. They're not going to be a you know eight win team. Um, that's still a possibility, but I believe in this team to not be an eight win team this season. Um, but recruits are buying in earlier, and not having to see that production is really, really optimistic for um, the you know the recruiting during the season and before early signing day in December. Could we you know pull more guys into the boat as we start to do better? Um, that's something to look at, but we're starting to build a really strong foundation. Um, the guy that I was talking about earlier and Caden Green, another um, St. Louis or Missouri kind of guy, um, high-end four-star top 100 player in the nation, according to 247, um, six foot five offensive tackle. He's been a longtime OU guy. Um, this was not kind of, you know, you know, Brent Venables obviously had a say in his recruiting, but this has been a longtime Oklahoma fan um, since he was a kid. And it seems like it's just always been, you know, the final deal for him. I've been seeing a lot of funny message board stuff about um, Missouri fans really upset that they didn't get him and saying that their coach needs to cut his salary to add more NIL to get Caden Green. Um, This is the highest recruit that Bill Beanbow's got in a long, long time. Like you do not see Bill Beanbow pull in highly rated offensive tackles like this often. Usually we get those projects that kind of form into something. Um, but, you know, this is the highest one since Bray Walker, I'd have to say. I I've, I can't remember anyone as high as him. So this is really, really good. We got a guy who loves OU. He's highly rated. He's got a lot of skill and athleticism. And honestly, um, whenever you're not pulling in-state guys, like we're losing out on by Job, you know, a high-end four-star edge to Michigan State, you know, you're losing out um, the Owasso wide receiver to Alabama. Um, it feels good, at least that you're pulling in an Oklahoma fan, a guy that grew up one, at least, rather than losing him. Yeah, no, for sure. And 
first of all, are you trying to tell me that posting an open letter about how you had a dream about him uh, performing well in a game against Tennessee? Yes. An open letter on a paid <laughs> site. You, you tell me that doesn't work. I, I'm, I'm I'm stunned that that more people don't utilize uh, random random uh, message board posters writing open letters to kids about their dreams. It's so sad. It's a shame. It really is. It really chivalry is. Uh, really is dead. <laughs> chivalry is yeah. dead. Fun it's, fact I, about I mean, chivalry, actually. Uh, it's mostly <laughs> rules of, of combat. There's like only one line about being nice to, to women. Nothing about recruits. So <laughs> not really. Yeah, but we, we here we are. I'm, I'm doing we're doing a full podcast episode as grown men talking about high schoolers. And obviously, like this is our content for the week. I know that kind of sounds weird to some people on the outside when we're talking about recruiting, people don't pay attention to sports as much, but it's really sad, really, really sad. When you go on your message board and you go talk to all your anonymous friends and make a big, sad, like, like break, like, you know, like you're in high school and your girlfriend just broke up with you and you're writing in your journal kind of message to a recruit. Now that's, that's next level sad. I feel bad for all those fans that get hurt that bad by recruits. You know, obviously we've had some tough times where we've been burned the last second, you know, Tristan Lee, um, came to my mind right off the bat. Um, but I, you don't see me going and crying in my room and writing, you know, a heartfelt message about how I can't get you out of my head and these in my dreams. That, that's a little sad. But let's well, move on. Let's move on. Well, to, okay. yeah, to be fair, you have a podcast where you get to do that. So you don't, you don't have to go do your message board because you have this. It's not like we get really mad or anything when something bad happens. You know, I, I don't think even we got too salty when – you know, everything happened with Malachi, uh, with, uh, Malachi Nelson. So well, that made sense that he was falling. Yeah. He, he committed to Lincoln Riley. He didn't commit to, OU. yeah. You yeah, know, Tristan Lee was disappointed because Clemson came in at the end. And obviously there's probably some, you know, something's like a little weird going on there. And Sneaky church money. Mom, and then the mom came out and was having some weird messages. I don't know. I didn't it's really know what was going on there. It was just kind of frustrating, but I wasn't all sad in my feels playing Marvin's room, you know, like, <laughs> come on. Um, let's move on. We're going down the rankings. Another big time get four star linebacker and Samuel Omasigo from Crandall, Texas. Um, this is another guy that's kind of came on in the past couple months. Uh, and seems the guy that we really like, you know, multi spark athlete. Um, and seems like he's been pretty vocal on um, Twitter about the other commits and, you know, the future of Oklahoma for recruiting. So that's really good. Um, Caleb Hicks um, running back out of Denton. We're starting to get a lot of Denton guys in this recruiting class, um, which is a big time thing. We were struggling in Denton for a long time. You know, losing Sanders to Alabama was a big deal. Um, and, um, or Saunders, I guess, Drew Saunders. I, I think it was Drew Saunders. Yeah. Um, but uh, now we're turning into a Denton class. You know, we got Caleb Hicks out of Denton, Ryan. And, you know, obviously Jackson Arnold out of Denton Geyer is in our recruiting class right now. So we're starting to create a little bit of a um, Denton pipeline here, and we're trying to go after some other Denton kids, even if we don't get them. You know, we're, we're still trying um, our best. I'm pretty sure uh, one of our other defensive linemen high-end commits are probably going to go from Denton is going to go to uh, uh, Texas A&M most likely. But it's still good that we're starting to um, try to go. It was Anthony Hill, linebacker, so I was thinking of um, out of Denton. Um, we're starting to try to make that a little bit of a pipeline, a, a, an area that was kind of getting beat up by us from, you know, other areas in Texas and Texas A&M. Um, it's nice to kind of take over an area that is really close, you know, in terms of to Oklahoma versus Austin and A&M, like we're closer 
You know, this is North Texas. That should be a place where we should work pretty well. Uh, feels good to get that area kind of under our um, belt here and hopefully in future recruiting classes kind of have that as a little pipeline. Yeah, no, a- absolutely. And North Texas is going to be absolutely massive for OU football going forward. And, you know, you- you'll see some of these national writers talk about how, oh, OU is going to be the next Nebraska. And, you know, they're going to, you know, because they're, you know, far away from, you know, their traditional rivals and their recruiting is going to be off. You know, people forget Oklahoma, while it is not Texas, is like Denton is what? Like a like a two hour drive if you're going very fast uh, from 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 Norman, you know, particularly just because of, you know, you don't have to cut through a bunch of Dallas traffic and you don't have to cut through the majority of Denton. Uh, if you, if you, if you, depending on where you live in Denton. So yeah, no, like North Texas as a whole is just perfect. is such a incredible recruiting ground, just two hours or two, three hours away. Um, and because of that, I, you know, you're not going to see that same drop off. Nebraska completely lost Texas when they moved to the big 10. If anything, OU is getting closer to better recruiting hot zones. So I agree. Mm, yeah. It's big. Um, big time. you know, uh, Caleb Hicks was a June commit, but we hadn't commented on him yet. And still, I feel like that was kind of part of, you know, our momentum moving forward, but July has been a really big month for us. So moving on more to July commits that we've gotten as of recently, Phil Picciotti, a guy that we talked to in the past, we loved his last name, got a little bit of Italian to him. Um, linebacker out of Pennsylvania, um, a guy who has a pin. I think he's like being recruited by Penn state too. Um, like Grabbing him seems like a guy who's really buying into Oklahoma. Um, enjoyed it here. Has been on multiple visits. Uh, that was a big time get for us. Um, you know, moving forward, um, Heath. Oh, I f- forgot how to pronounce his last name. It's like Ozita, or it's there's some kind of interesting um, way to pronounce it. I've already forgotten it. O z a e t a. Um, offensive lineman. Uh, this is a type of guy that um, you'd kind of expect from Bill Beatabo in the past. He's got a lot of really good tools. Um, but he's a lower end three-star commit six foot six and he's out of Washington doesn't go to many um, camps, but it seems like he's got a lot of tools where, you know, that Bill Beatenbow can work with. So that's kind of your stereotypical um, Bill Beatenbow target. Another guy that we just got and Logan Howland. Here we are. We're talking about a Washington offensive line commit that we got. And now we just got a six foot seven guy out of New Jersey um, just on the 9th of July, just yesterday as we're recording today on the 10th, uh, we are recruiting offensive linemen all across the country. Uh, Bill Beatenbow looks at a lot of these films at guys that, you know, might not be at all these camps and might not be in like our, you know, our honey hole in our biggest area. And he goes and offers and he goes after the guys he thinks is going to fit his scheme the best. And you've got to like that. If we're pulling guys from the farthest States, almost possible we can, um, even if they aren't the highest ranking, I feel really, really positive about that um, because these aren't last minute guys in the class. We're just like, oh, we have to get an offensive lineman. We're going to have to pick a guy's a little bit lower ranking just to fill a spot. Now, we're still very early in this cycle. And if you get in commits early in the cycle, these are priority targets. So priority target from Washington, priority target from New Jersey. I feel very, very highly of that. That is a guy that Bill Binoa really likes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's good stuff. And Beanbo, you know, he's living his best life out in the Bahamas, you know, posting like we're celebrating out here with the 
pictures of the beach and stuff. He's he's just out here having himself a damn summer. But yeah, I Jamison brought up an, an interesting point with typical beaten bow recruits, and then you know some of the like we talked about some some guys that are atypical for a beaten bow recruiting situation, and that's someone that's coming in as as maybe already a star beaten bow, obviously known for for scouting out potential and then and then developing it. And and really when I heard that, one of the things that really stuck out to me was any any fellow fan of of HGTV will recognize that the way you get to something, you know, shiny and, and impressive to to make yours is is you find the ones with potential and you build them up and then you keep doing those good projects and then eventually you move up up the uh, the ladder of real estate and also apparently coaching. So Maybe Biedenboe can uh, get into redoing homes, houses, homes, homes, same thing. Yeah. I fumbled it there at the end. I, 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 wouldn't you love to see him on HGTV with his own show and just the Biedenboe just walking into a place like, hmm, this looks like shit. Mm, we're going to fix it up. It's going to be all right. And I just feel like he'd just be the complete opposite of every single stereotypical couple that you see on all these HGTV shows. That'd be really funny. Um, but – that's all of the big time commits with July. And like I said, we're not done. It seems like the coaching staff is very confident in that. The rest of the players are very confident in that. Um, and who's going to be guys that we need to look for moving forward for the rest of the month to, to look at in terms of committing? Um, first one to be uh, very confident in is Dalen Smothers, um, running back 5'11 out of North Carolina, four star guy. He's set to commit on July 14th um, and four days from now. So that I guess be the Thursday. Uh, he is the Yamaha. I'm pretty sure from DeMarco Murray that we talked about a couple episodes ago and whenever it broke in the middle of our podcast, uh, that is probably the closest thing you'll see to an eyeball from, you know, Lincoln Riley esque for DeMarco Murray. Um, this is a guy that's, you know, a big time get for us because, you know, getting a guy out of uh, Charlotte, is you know a stretch and you know demarco murray has a strong western hold you know obviously coming out of las vegas and what we saw from javante barnes last year um that's kind of his area and then going out east to charlotte north carolina i feel pretty good about that and so him joining caleb hicks in this recruiting class um kind of get two running backs feels really good after we lost you know trey on web obviously in the post um ou recruiting days whenever uh with lincoln riley and he just committed to florida uh, other guys to look at moving forward for dates-wise. Uh, July 28th, Derek LeBlanc, um, defensive lineman out of Florida. High-end four-star commit. This would be a big-time get for us. For Getting a high-end four-star defensive lineman at Oklahoma is a big-time thing for us. And probably that kind of deal is going to start being different than what we expect in the past. You know, whenever we have Lincoln Riley, whenever we're in the Big 12, obviously we got a couple, maybe like a year or so left in the Big 12 left to go. Um, getting a big time defensive lineman was rare for us. Not a lot of people want to go and compete versus the um, Big 12 offensive lineman. They want to go show their skills versus you know higher end talent in the SEC. But now with us moving forward and having you know very good defensive line coach Todd Bates, you know having Brent Venables, a guy who's coached a lot of high end defensive linemen in his career, um, we'll start to see getting guys like this a lot more and um. Him committing here in the next couple of weeks looks like we're a favorite there. So that's definitely a name to watch for on July 28th. Uh, just a couple of other names. 
just to kind of think in the back of your head. Um, July 23rd, Peyton Kirkland is a guy I talked about. Um, probably not going to commit to us, even though he's been like, he's one of those guys, one of those kids on Twitter who likes to kind of rile up the fan bases, post a lot of things. So you've probably seen his name a lot in terms of, you know, OU content, but I think that he is leaning towards, um, Michigan state or Florida at this point. Um, so, uh, bummer, but it looks like we're already getting a lot of our offensive line targets in the boat for Bo Bimbo. And then another one that we just kind of been waiting on for a long time, even during the Lincoln Riley days, is uh, Jacoby Johnson, uh, athlete, um, Oklahoma kid. Um, and that would be a big-time gift for us, and I think that would be really, really needed right now. We talked a lot about um, you know, not getting Oklahoma kids right now. It's, it was a really, really tough past couple months in terms of um, people looking at Oklahoma recruiting and seeing, by Job a guy who's a 64th player in the nation and going to Michigan state, like what? And then you go on the next list and you say, Luke Haas, former Oklahoma commit going to Arkansas, a number 82 player in the nation. Like what's going on here? Micah T is another guy whose big brother played at OU going to Arkansas, 152nd player in the nation. And, you know, Cole Adams, a guy who's been getting a lot of big time, um, you know, bumps and recruiting four-star commit out of Owasso going to Alabama. Um, you go down this list and you don't see OU commit until number eight with Eric McCarty. You see an OSU in North Carolina and Alabama and Arkansas and Arkansas and Michigan State in front in terms of commits for Oklahoma guys. That doesn't look good. But if Jacoby Johnson out of Mustang, six foot three, high end athlete, basketball player, can come in and um, commit to us, that would at least salvage our reputation in terms of in state recruiting. Well, and it's also. It's nothing new. Lincoln had the same issue. Stoops had the same issue. But you're right. It looks, it's one of those things you could point to and be like, they're bad at that. And that's just uh, kind of embarrassing. That's my, but my thing is, are we really bad at it? And that's kind of what I want to take this angle on. I'm glad that you put that point. Because is this like a, us screwing up? You know, I think the, you know, the, the Cole Adams situation, we probably wanted him in the class. You know, obviously we've been having trouble recruiting wide receivers. Um, but Alabama is a hard, you know, offer to t- the pull down, you know, Josh Jacobs situation, but in terms of by Joe, uh, going to Michigan state from Norman, Oklahoma, that's just a little bit off for me. I feel like he's a guy that liked Oklahoma in the past. I don't know the details of what happened and what got him to Michigan state, but you would think that we would have heard more about his recruiting and we would have had a little bit more of a chance to get him in the end. Um, rather than him just, you know, announcing a commitment date and then we don't ever talk about him and then he commits to Michigan State. Even though he has a high ranking, um, I just seems a little bit fishy like we had bigger fish to fry and guys that we liked better, like PJ, um, on the edge rather than getting by Joe. Because if you're gonna get a guy who's got a near seven foot wingspan, um, and that's that edge spot that you want to fill in that recruiting class. I'd be okay not taking the number one player in Oklahoma and just letting that go by because that's you know, once in a you don't see many athletes come through like that. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, Luke Hawes, it, once Lincoln Riley left, that's just a tough, you know, tough thing to recommit to Oklahoma. Um, he's a guy that has, you know, he's from Bixby and is close to Arkansas and they recruited him well. And, you know, Arkansas is doing really, really well in the Tulsa area. Uh, that makes sense. And then with Micah Tease, I, I feel like we could have had him if we wanted to. You know, his big brother is, you know, Miles Tease. Um, this is a guy that was, you know, heavy, heavy OU lean um, in Lincoln Riley times. And even a little bit whenever we hired Brent Venables, 
Um, but then things just went cold. You just didn't hear much about him in the recruiting world. I feel like if we would have pushed, we could have gotten him, but we didn't. Um, maybe that's a Jaquay's Petaway thing. Maybe that's his spot. Um, the way that he plays is similar to, um, you know, tease maybe. And that's where we, we gave the spot to a, you know, a top 100 guy rather than, um, a Booker T Washington Tulsa guy. He's very, very talented, um, but doesn't have the rankings and the skill and the speed, um, that Petaway has. So I feel like that we could have gotten these guys. And with tease as well, some of the stuff I've heard is like he wanted to play wide receiver. Oh, you kind of wanted him to play defensive back. So that might have been something as well. Exactly. And so, yeah. So a, a lesser, a lesser, I think a lesser program would be like, yeah, you can play wide receiver and then you get on campus. And then one year later, they're throwing you at defensive back, even though you're signed. Now, that exactly. doesn't work as well with the, with the portal, of course. But uh, I think it makes more sense to just be up front with them from the get go. Yeah, essentially what we said is we told them that we don't like them enough to be a wide receiver. We had yeah. other guys that we liked better. And yep. um, there you go. Straight there, plain and simple. Uh, I would feel pretty good about this recruiting class moving forward because we got a lot more hype. We're already 11th right now in the 247 rankings. You know, Derek Blanc's pickup is going to probably propel us into the top 10 because he's that high end of a prospect. Um, you know, we also got, you know, Smothers waiting to commit here in four days. Um, things are looking good, even though in terms of Oklahoma state recruiting, not like the Cowboys, but like the state of Oklahoma recruiting might not look the finest. It seems like we're getting the guys that we want. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's what matters. Getting the guys who Brent wants, who, you know, Jeff Levy wants to a lesser extent, Ted roof. He's just kind of there. Uh, you know, the guys you want in the building, that's important. And getting guys who want to be there. That's obviously important too. So. It's good stuff. Uh, definitely a nice, big summer update for us, Jameson. Very, very much appreciate it. As always. Of course, I love doing it. Absolutely. Well, Ty, anything you got to say before we head out? Because I think we got, I think we uh, got quite a, quite a good bit out of this. Yeah, we did. I, I think just real quick in in one sort of fell swoop, one one big broad brush. I, I think we do need to to reiterate uh, pretty straightforward that. We're not struggling with recruiting anywhere on any position group, any side of the field. It's, I think people with these big name Oklahoma recruits latch on and, and have this idea that we should be getting every single person from the state of Oklahoma. Uh, and that should be sort of our, our priority, which I guess there may be a, some sort of argument to that, but uh, we're going out across the nation, even with Venables and, and getting you know, people that, that we go after and people that we need in position groups that we need and we're weakened. And obviously, you know, we can point to certain position groups where guys that were high from in state and, and went somewhere else and, and maybe we're a little weak in there, but it's not, it's not a, as big of a deal as, as some people would, would make of it. I think there is an, an element of state, we'll say state loyalty or state pride and sort of getting your, your people from your state wanting to come to your program. And, and that's something you know, we're, we're going to have to do better as a program, I guess, to create a more irresistible product because ultimately, you know, Bama, there's, there's nothing in, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama is, is much more rural, much more, um, you know, you, you can't point to things like USC or, or Miami or, or other stuff that have sort of inherent recruiting advantages. Bama doesn't have those. They just win uh, and they just produce NFL players. So, you know, we do those things very well, but we get better and, and we'll, we can be an irresistible offer as well. I think that's, you know, super loop back to a, a point with OU, uh, are they going to become the next Nebraska? 
Nebraska and Alabama, really the only difference is, is one, one and sort of that's a, a self-perpetuating uh, thing once it gets going. So, yeah, absolutely. Very good point. Very good point. Well, folks, I think that's all we have for this week. We will see you next week when uh, I think we're, I think it's time to start firing up some previews. So very much looking forward to that. But uh, for me, Jameson and Ty, this has been the schooner pod. We'll see you next time. Boomer sooner, everybody.